Welcome to Future Stories, a brand new podcast from thejournal.ie. We're partnering with Volkswagen, a leader in automotive technology trends, to look to the future, one vision at a time. Throughout the series, we'll be exploring the future of everything from mealtimes to housing to your weekly supermarket shop and speaking to innovators and changemakers. This week on Future Stories, can you really eat with your eyes and ears? And what's the future of taste? I just turned that big dial <laughs> up and down. Will Dempsey is one of the owners of Hang Dai, a Chinese restaurant on Dublin's Camden Street that is famous for its flame-roasted duck. From the outside, it looks pretty unassuming. It's black with red Chinese type, but inside it's a kaleidoscope of colour and sound. Friday, Saturday around 8 or 9, we'll start putting on the disco and crank it up a little bit. Generally because everyone is, the place is packed and everyone's sort of drinking and talking much louder. So you kind of have to adjust the volumes for the noise in the room. And do you think that music and sound does affect our relationship with the food we're eating? I know I won't enjoy my food if the music was irritating me. I know um, if I was sitting down eating and the music was great that I'd be maybe in a better mood. But what a certain sounds make you want duck or something, I don't know. <laughs> How many senses does a human have? Aristotle said it was five. Vision, hearing, smell, touch and taste. But unfortunately for Aristotle, he was wrong. Ask a scientist today and the definitive answer will be anything from nine up to 33. Take vision, for example. The way we see light is different to the way we see colour. As for taste, we perceive sweet tasting things differently to salty. But perhaps the most interesting element of the senses is the way they interact with one another in almost everything we do. My name is Carl Whelan. I'm a chef proprietor with Will in Hangdai Chinese. What are you making right now? We're testing for a menu change in the next month. So we're going to test a lot of the dishes over the next couple of weeks. And this one is uh, lightly cured halibut. And then I have a kind of a dressing with uh, grilled clementines and blood oranges and dried blood orange and some different types of vinegars and we're just going to test that today. So what are your kind of main considerations when you're planning a new dish? Uh, Definitely flavour and like uh, that you can taste exactly what it's supposed to be so if it's a halibut dish this just should be the every other flavour there should be to kind of accentuate the the flavour that you want you know. And what about how it looks? That's obviously the second thing that's, that's most important. I love the look and smell and all that. If stuff's cut nicely and presented nicely and it's nice clean, you can see exactly what all the items are on the plate. That, that all helps, definitely. Obviously, this is a, quite a dark restaurant. Yeah. Um, so when you're, when you're prepping a dish, do you consider how it might look when it's served to a diner? You'd really kind of pick the right crockery. The darker dishes, I put on a lighter plate or whatever. It's sort of is contrast there. The ceiling is kind of colour-changing. Uh, Saturday Night Fever ceiling, so certain colours, if it's all red or it's all green or whatever, some of the sauces kind of go a bit mad, they go crazy, crazy colours and they look really kind of, uh, really artificial, you know, but it's just the lighting, so. How did you realise that? Uh, when we were playing around with the lights and playing around, when we were doing all the food testing at the very start, the scenes on disco mode, like the chopsticks are flashing and the food is flashing different colours and stuff. The cocktails as well, you've had to modify the cocktails, like some of the colours just don't work in the light that we have. The drinks can look cloudy even though they're not, but just, just in the light, you know. At Hang Dai, music, food and lighting join together to make a full meal experience. But what else is our brain processing when we sit down to dinner? 
So I'm Professor Barry Smith, and I'm the founding director of the Centre for the Study of the Senses at the University of London. Professor Smith is one of the UK's leading voices in sensory science. He has worked with psychologists, neurologists and neuroscientists on flavour perception and the language of taste. When we're enjoying the flavour of a food or perceiving the flavour of a food or a liquid... It's not a simple experience, actually quite a complex experience. It's going to be taste, touch and smell, and they will influence one another. There are certain odours that will make what's in your mouth taste creamier. When something tastes creamy, uh, the brain perceives it as sweeter. So touch influences taste, smell influences touch, uh, smell influences taste. And all of these senses are working together to compute an overall multi-sensory experience. One of Professor Smith's key areas of research is wine. He has found that the music that's playing in a room when we pour a glass of wine can affect the way we experience it. It's definitely true that if you give people the chance to match wines to music, they've got definite preferences and these preferences are not accidental or idiosyncratic. You find that if you give people um, a wine and you give them two pieces of music that you've chosen carefully and say, which one do you think matches the wine? At first they think, I don't know what you mean, but then they say, oh, you know, the second one, definitely. And you find out a lot of people think that. So Instead of having uh, to go to a restaurant and buy a bottle of wine, which is often an expensive purchase, and then being at the mercy of whatever the duty manager presents you with, you could actually have the, the right accompanying music to actually make you think about and enjoy and, and pay attention to what's in the wine. So I sometimes think if you don't like the wine, change the music. Back at Hangdai, service is about to start and the bar staff are getting ready for the evening. My name is Jill and I'm the bar manager of Hangdai Chinese. Jill has been managing the bar at Hangdai since it opened in 2016. She was tasked with creating the restaurant's incredibly delicious menu of cocktails. In Jill's view, the taste of a cocktail is only one element of what makes her menu so appealing to customers. Because every drink is different. Every drink is an individual. It's like an individual person to me, you know, and each of them is special for their own thing. And also, especially here, you're, you're able to give people an experience something they mightn't had before. And how does uh, colour come into it and visual elements when you're planning a new drink? Planning a new drink, so for me, the predominantly, you know, it's flavour, it's what you want. And then once you have your, uh, it's a package. Like the drink lends itself to the glassware, the glassware lends itself to the visuals. Um, but here, the biggest challenge when we first opened what we realised was the lights. So we were making cocktails and then we are like, oh, when the lights are actually down, everything either looks brown, looks the same colour. You're like, oh, so that kind of took a bit of revision and that also took with everyone just kind of rebalancing the lights, you know. So at the moment we have green and reds in the ceiling and we have kind of ready amber on the sides. And then we also are lit up by fairy lights. So a lot of lighting definitely came into us. As a result of Hangdai's decor, one of Jill's key challenges was to create a drink that looked good as well as tasting good. For me, the most important thing was for the drink to taste amazing for people to be comfortable because sometimes if you dress something up too much, People have already made an idea of what it's going to taste like before they've even gone into it. So with our drinks, we just like to complement what we're doing. When it comes to visual cocktails, Jill has a particular favourite. The pink room is, is a great one. Kettle one, rose, vermouth, rose and lychee pickle. There's a really old school drink called um, a Gibson. And the garnish of that is pickled pearl onions. 
And I love that kind of vinegary like flavor, you know, that, that pickled flavor. So we make our own pickle and then we stir that down in vodka. So when it's up on a high stem, it's like this really gorgeous, bright, pinky red and it's so deep and it's really rich looking but the drink itself is actually quite delicate you know so it's really it's a really nice balance of visual and flavour you know so I think that's definitely something when it's a high impact drink As the music is cranked up for the night in Hang Dai Jill says it has a noticeable effect on the atmosphere and also on what people are ordering We still sell tons of cocktails like like it's still like definitely at night time people still come to the bar order cocktails are happy to wait stand whatever they want for them um, we do table service and then you get the quick drinkers here, like five gin and tonics, three large beers, you know. But then, really, every second person will definitely have a cocktail, like 100%. And it just adds to the vibe then, because your shakers seem to get louder, you seem to get busier, you're hitting the bottles more, you know. And it builds for really, it really builds for like a great atmosphere, you know. And people are watching and what's this, what's that? And it's really cool. Yeah, everyone that comes here for the nighttime, might be, you know, they're, they're here for the music and they're here for the vibe. What is this? I'll do it. Sure, margarita. Margarita. So we know that sound and lighting can affect our perception of a meal, but what does that knowledge mean for the future of food? One answer comes from Professor Smith, who hopes chefs will be able to use what they know about the science of sensory perception to improve our experience of a meal. He calls this leading. Leading is where you give the right expectations or the right sensory accompaniments to enhance or provide the best experience of the food you're going to eat or the experience you're going to have. That's very different from misleading someone, trying to convince a diner or a consumer that they're eating something that's not really there, trying to trick them. But I don't think there's anything wrong with helping to enhance an experience. And I know that's one that uh, your collaborator, Charles Spence, did the experiment with the moose. Yes. So so Charles Spence is the master of these sorts of uh, experiments. But the, the thing that I think is really inventive is... Um, the strawberry mousse and you give it to people on a black plate or on a white plate and it tastes 10 to 15 percent sweeter on a white plate so it shows you not just the color of the food itself but the the surrounding uh, context and the contrasts between colors will make a difference charles is also very well known for his um, ig nobel prize winning work on pringles so here he took um, pringles and when you have uh, these wonderfully shaped potato chips an experimenter's dream because they're all the same size so you don't have to control for that If you leave them out of the box for a couple of days, they taste stale. And Charles found out that if you put headphones on people and you amplify the high-frequency sound of their own crunching, they taste fresh. So what's wonderful about that is that we ask, is stale a taste or is it a taste and a sound? Is there such a thing as um, auditory uh, uh, contributions to flavour? So what lies ahead for the future? Well, in Professor Smith's view, the experiences that are currently reserved for high-end diners and gastrophysicists could soon be a normal part of sitting down to dinner. We've quite often taken things that started off in restaurants and with very skilled and clever chefs, and they've eventually gone into the home. You know, we didn't have food processors at home. We didn't have some of the the new gadgets and kit that start off by being the preserve of a, a very expensive restaurant. And they end up being items that, you know, people have in their own homes. I mean, not everybody will have sous vide cooking in their home, although lots of people are who are very interested in cooking will now do that. 
that. But I think the the nice and I hope positive development would be that as chefs and researchers and scientists, sensory scientists working with them, discover techniques or discover ways of, of improving the experience of eating, that these will eventually become adapted to being available for home use or adapted to being something that we can all get the benefit from. So I think that's something of the future of food. The other thing that's very important about the future of food is that lots and lots of multinational companies, uh, their research and development teams are working on how do we reduce the salt and the fat and the sugar in foods and still make it delicious. And that that needs quite a lot of thought. But here the sensory science, I think, makes a difference. If you can make something sweeter by the feel of it as well as the, the sugar levels in it, that helps. If we know that um, the smell of vanilla makes people think of sweetness. People smell vanilla and think, ah, oh, smells sweet. But of course, a vanilla pod has no sweetness in it. It's quite bitter. But the aroma of vanilla uh, boosts the perception of the sweetness of something. This is a good way in which we can slightly reduce the sugar and still give people a, a good experience. So I think the future of food will be developing these very um, seemingly clever and gimmicky things that go on in um, multisensory kitchens, making them more routine and more available, more accessible when they're really valuable, when they actually help people eat better. The kinds of experiences Professor Smith speaks about, wine paired to music and sous vides, might not be the norm on Irish tables right now, but this has just been a taste of what mealtimes and dining out could look like in the future. So that's our take on the future of taste. For more looks ahead, you can subscribe to Future Stories on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts for updates on our next episode. Thanks for listening. Future Stories is brought to you by thejournal.ie in partnership with Volkswagen, who are at the forefront of automotive technology trends, including autonomous driving, in-car connectivity and electric mobility. Volkswagen, we make the future real.